Hey everyone, hope you're doing well wherever and whenever you are. My name's Simon. This is our Everyone Church podcast. Every week we have in-person church. I record a podcast-only version of the Sunday Sermon. And uh, we had a great Sunday at church. And I just want to remind you, before we move on to the message from Sunday, uh, to head to our website, visit everyonechurch.com.au forward slash my mission and get on board with our missions projects for this year. We have seven major projects, and we'd love everybody in our church to jump on board, do their part, pray, ask the Lord what they could give to missions this year, and be leaning in, praying with us, uh, being part of our missions year. You know, the whole my mission thing, the missions, faith commitment, it's not a money grab. It's an invitation to be part of a purpose that is far bigger than your own. You can go to work on Monday knowing that you're helping feed children in Uganda and build wells in Cambodia and build homes for widows in Burundi. So get on board. Don't miss it. Make sure you check it out. Uh, when I was in university, I was studying a Bachelor of Music and I did a whole semester unit on soundscapes, which is the skill of creating atmospheres of sound from scratch. Uh, like you have a landscape where you see a picture of a landscape, the trees, the, the sky. Well, a soundscape is like the audio version of that. It, it, typically in movies, uh, they only really want to capture the voices of the actors. Everything else is created, the, the, the footsteps, the ambience, uh, the wind, all that kind of stuff. So I remember our, our, our lecturer, our, our university professor, he was this short, nerdy guy who even he wore like a professor's coat. It was kind of funny because uh, we weren't doing any actual scientific experiments uh, as Bachelor of Music students. But he took us out uh, one day as he was teaching us about soundscapes. He took us, uh, it was about 50, 60 uh, university students, and we went for a walk around the campus. And we were like this big kind of group of ducks. You know, he was like the mother duck. <laughs> we were all following him. And, and then he would stop every now and then, and he would just stand there and rub his chin and listen. To the sounds, and then he would move on, and then he would stop, and he would just listen. And we were given the task of listening, and then he would ask us to describe what we're hearing. So, what do you hear? I hear birds, and he would say, "Well, what were the birds doing? Oh, they were chirping. Was it high pitch or low pitch? Or low pitch? Was it staccato? Or you know?" And he, he then he would say, "Well, what else were you hearing? Oh, the wind in the trees. And what else? Footsteps. And oh, what else? The sound of a car tire turning in." The gravel. And then we had to record all those elements, put it all together in a soundscape, blah, blah, blah. But it's amazing what you really hear when you really, really, really listen. Like, for example, near my house, we kind of live pretty close to the M4 motorway, and it's constantly making noise. This kind of sound like of this, the, 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 tra the tires rolling on, on, on the highway. And, but mentally, I just switch off to it. I don't think about it. But if I sit out in front of my house and I really listen, I can hear it. And if we're going to grow in our faith, grow in our relationship with Jesus, it will require intentional listening for the voice of God. 
A couple of weeks ago on Vision Sunday, I introduced a bit of a word for our church family about hearing God's voice. And we read a lot of verses from Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus says this recurring phrase. Here, I'll, I'll take one out of there in Matthew 5, 43 to 44. Jesus says, You have heard the law that says, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, Love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. So Jesus says, You have heard, but I say. You know, we all have voices in our lives, internal voices, external voices, positive voices, negative voices, Siri, Alexa, mom, dad, kids, workmates, and often it's just noise, right? And we've all heard it said before. But I want to encourage us today that Jesus has something he wants to say to you. Jesus has words of life and wisdom, and he speaks today. You have heard, but I say he says, I mentioned the story about my son, Elliot, who um, he's six years old, and he said to me the other week, as many young kids having tired, emotional weeks as they go back to school, he, he was all upset, and he said, Dad, someone at school said I'm the ugliest kid in the whole school. And I remember some, like, something came over me as a dad, and I, I grabbed both his shoulders, and he looked at me, and I said, you have heard it said, <laughs> but I say you are a handsome muscly Spider-Man, fast, super amazing, young, cool dude, right? He had heard, but he needed to hear it from me, his dad, that, hey, you are amazing. What they said is not true, right? And I'm believing uh, that this is a year where our church would become more attuned to the voice of Jesus in our day-to-day lives. For some of us, it'll be the first time ever. For some of us, it will be the first time in a long time. For some of you, it'll change your life. It'll save relationships. It will call you out into a God-given purpose greater than you've ever experienced. You have heard, but I say. Jesus said in John 10, 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Jesus has a voice and it is to be heard. Jesus has things he wants to say to you, words that will comfort, correct, direct you, sustain you, give you life, words that will build your faith right? In fact, the book of John, at the start of it, Jesus is described as the Word of God in John chapter 1. And this word idea is the Greek word logos, which is a significant descriptor both for Jews and Greeks, who who this book was written to. And uh, because the Greeks, the Greek philosophers, they would describe logos as the principle of divine reason which caused the natural creation to grow. In other words, the word, the logos, was like wisdom. It was a substance of wisdom, and 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 it was there, and it helped creation happen. But it's interesting because Greeks would never consider the logos to be a person. So when John introduces this idea of the personhood of God being Jesus, and He is the living logos, the Word. That would have been like a real mind-blowing statement for them. In fact, let's read it in John chapter 1, verse 1 to 4. In the beginning, the Word, that's Logos, already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. So this Logos creates all and holds all together. And Jesus is that. He is the Word, He and He has a voice, and He wants to speak words into you, right? So just like creation is being animated and sustained by His Word, 
by Jesus himself. Jesus wants in your life as a new creation to sustain and animate your life by his word, by who he is and what he says. You cannot claim to be a follower of Jesus and belong to him and not know his voice. So I want to explore that over the next number of weeks. And my hope is that as we go on this journey, that you would hear his voice and do what he says, that you would hear him and do what he says. You know, so often we don't hear God because there's just so much noise that is constantly vying for our attention. So to start with, we need to reduce the noise in our lives, right? We need to take time to make space and listen. I think we all as followers of Jesus need to just get more in the habit of being quiet before the Lord, taking time to listen, taking time to reduce distraction. Over the last seven days, our church has been on seven days of prayer and fasting. And and if you joined us, whether you fell halfway through the week or whether you lasted the whole week or whether you joined us for our 8.30 a.m. prayer meeting on Sunday, which was awesome to have a good group of people together praying to finish our seven days of prayer and fasting. But it's amazing when you start to um, focus on prayer and fasting, how easily distracted you become. And it's something we need to guard against. The world wants you to be in a hurry. The world wants you to stay distracted. The world wants you scrolling. Dallas Willard, who is an American Christian philosopher and theologian, author, and wrote a lot of books about spiritual disciplines, uh, he, he calls hurry the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. And he said that the followers of Jesus, and Jesus was rarely, if ever, in a hurry, must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from their life. Because the world wants you to be unfamiliar with stopping. Now, I kind of get why we don't stop, because it's when we do, when we stop, we sit in silence, that's where all the issues of the soul start bubbling up. And so we'd rather just stay busy and distracted, right? I'm not sure if you've ever gone through grief and loss, but you know, when someone passes away, uh, whether it's a person or even a pet or, or, or something like that, you know, and you you just... Maybe you're like me and you just want to get busy so that you can just kind of distract yourself from the pain. Well, that's what people are like in their day-to-day lives all the time. We just don't want to stop. And remember, Jesus often withdrew to make room for prayer and spending time with his Father. In Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says, Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Or in Luke chapter 5, verse 16, But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. So we all need to make room in our lives to reduce the noise that is around us. And how do we do that? How do we lower the noise? Well, I want to encourage us to get familiar with contemplation and silent prayer before God. Silent prayer and contemplation. Taking time to just sit in God's presence or kneel in His presence or drive your car in God's presence and wait on Him and be quiet. They say the more intimate you are with someone, the less you have to say around them. The more intimate you are with someone, the more comfortable you are in silence around them. Like my wife and I, we've been married for 13 years, and when the kids get to bed and we collapse on the couch after a long day with three young kids, six and under, um, often we don't have to say too much, you know, because we're comfortable with silence around each other, and we just don't want to talk to each other. No, I'm just kidding. No, but I'm not talking about silent treatment, okay? I'm talking about being silent before the Lord and waiting and listening. Many Christians just don't know how to sit in silence before God. Mother Teresa once said, the beginning of prayer is silence. 
If we really want to pray, we must first learn to listen, for in the silence of the heart, God speaks. In fact, Mother Teresa was asked about prayer once by a reporter who who asked her, what do you say when you pray? Because she's a very fascinating person, right? Was has been renowned all around the world. Um, and this interviewer asked her, what, what do you say when you pray? And she replied, oh, nothing. I just listen. And the interviewer was kind of confused. So he, he responded with a follow-up question. Well, okay, so you, you just say nothing. You just listen. Well, what does God say to you while you're listening in prayer? And she replied, he says nothing. He just listens too. Now, I love that story because it shows an intimacy with God. We all need to become familiar with just sitting with God and enjoying His presence. How do we make room? How do we lower the noise? Well, we sit before God in silence and contemplation. I know it might seem very practical and very simple, but if you're like me, you'll try this and your mind will wander. Well, that's okay. Let every distraction take place in God's presence. Let every wander be a reminder to refocus on Him, right? To think about Him. I love in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 2, it says, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. So how do we make room? How do we lower the noise? We sit before God in silence. We turn down the noise. We leave our phone in another room. We grab a real physical Bible. We grab our journal and we go and we wait on God. I usually like to think practically about these kind of things. I think maybe that's because, you know, I didn't really grow up in church. So to learn following Jesus, it was kind of like I was begging for practical steps of how to do it, right? Um, But a few years ago, I learned this word, a Latin word, and the word is statio which is kind of like a served as a reminder for me in my day-to-day life with God, but it sounds a bit like an Italian dish or a cologne. Stacio by David Beckham. But it's, it's where we get the English word station or bus stop, stacio. And it's a simple practical reminder to stop for a moment in your day. And this word stacio was used to rem- uh, it, by Catholics many, many years ago, and, and still today, when they refer to the stations of the cross. Like often you'll go into an old church and you'll see these big stained glass windows or even paintings of the different stations of the cross. Wait, when Jesus was tried, when Jesus was carrying the cross, when Simon of Cyrene helped him carry the cross, etc., etc. And um, each of these sections, these paintings, these scenes are called statios or stations of the cross. So a statio is a reminder for us to find moments in our day to stop and refocus on God. And when I think of statio, I think of it like this. You have moments in your day, right? Well, a statio is like the moments between moments. You have movements in your day. But there, we all have times in our day where we stop, whether that's for a morning coffee or whether that's for a drive between two jobs or um, whether that's you know when you're on recess and lunch duty if you're a teacher uh, or whatever it is. But we all can turn those moments into statio moments. It's like when you get up, you know, I know for for Maria and I, we get up and it's like chaos right away. You know, getting kids ready for school, you're packing lunches. Although Maria is very good, she packs lunches the day before. And and, and we, we get the kids in the car and then you're in the car and you have a moment there, okay, which you could just rush to the next thing. But you also, you have a statio moment where you could take a moment, you could pray together. 
Bring your kids on the journey with your parents, by the way. Don't don't just leave them in the back seat and you're thinking about going. No, bring them with you on this journey, right? I encourage you to look at your day. Look at your routine. Maybe right now as you're listening to a podcast, think about your day. Think about moments in your day, in your week, where you can have a statio moment, where you can stop, think, be quiet before the Lord. What happens in the space between moments of your day? What do you think about? Where, where is your focus? Maybe you think about how annoying your kids are or your bosses at work. Do you think about what you're thinking about? Come on. When you just focus your mind on things that are all of this world, you're actually um, practicing a lower nature. You're practicing something that is, is lower than what God has called you to do. What God has called you to be focused on is the things of heaven, the things that are unseen. On Him in His presence. Let's bring it back. We must constantly be turning and refocusing our hearts and minds towards God and allowing Him and His Word to reshape us and reform us. Statio. Brother Lawrence in his famous letters called Practicing the Presence of God, one of my favorites, um, he, he says this, that there needed neither art nor science for going to God, but only a heart resolutely determined to apply itself to nothing but Him or for His sake and to love him only. What a beautiful quote. Brother Lawrence lived in a monastery and they used to ring bells for prayer. It was very routine driven. And his job, he was a a kitchen hand. He used to cook and clean and all this kind of stuff. And his revelation was that, hey, God is with me just as much when I'm cleaning the dishes as he is when I'm in a time of prayer or communion, right? It's a powerful, powerful revelation that, God, you are with me every day. All I have to do is focus on you. How do we hear him? How do we make room in our lives? How do we lower the noise? I want to encourage you to get familiar with contemplation and silence before God, focusing just on him. When was the last time that you just sat in silence before the Lord? When was the last time that you put all distractions aside and just waited on him? Well, I encourage you to take time to do that. In fact, if you were to grow in your faith, we must do what he says. If we are to do what he says, we must hear what he says. And if we are to hear his voice, we must practice silent prayer and contemplation. So normally I end the podcast with pump and music and we say bye. But today I want to end it in silence. And I want you to take some time in these next few moments to think about God, to look to him, to sit in contemplation before him and silent prayer. There's a great open door before you as a Christian, and that is the door to God's presence it is, it is there. He is here with us, even now as you listen to this podcast. So let's take a moment and spend time with Him. Amen.